Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Adam Howe. I lead Hydric's work in organizational simplicity as part of Hydric Consulting. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Ren Stefan, CEO of ClickData, a global data analytics and business intelligence company and author of the book Anticomplex, The Leadership Mindset for Ultimate Performance. Besides his CEO role, Rend is also the founding partner of NCX, which helps leaders build anti-complex business models. Rend, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So why have you decided to focus on the topic of organizational complexity? Adam, complexity is a fascinating topic. It is critical to our achievements since we need to add some complexity to the world and not stay on the simplistic side of things. Yet with all our good intentions, complexity can rapidly become our enemy with dramatic consequences on performance, leadership and resilience. I have dealt in my career with a wide range of clients, growth reorganizations, transformations. I've seen why they succeed and most importantly, why they often fail to fully deliver. And that despite the most advanced approaches and methodologies and setups, and despite the involvement of highly competent leaders, managers, and experts. This questioning about why we see repeated non-performance, despite all the resources, talents, and good intentions, has led me to discover that nearly all non-performance, however you define performance, is caused by one thing. Yes, just one thing, complexity. Or more specifically, getting trapped in complexity, as most organizations do. Trapped in complexity that inhibits performance, leadership, and ultimately positive change. This is how anti-complex came about. An approach focused on changing leadership mindsets towards relentlessly fighting complexity and seeking simplicity. Really interesting. And just picking up on the piece around organizations and leaders failing... Um, What do you see as the main challenges that an increase in complexity brings to organizations? Well, most things across our organizations and ecosystems are far more complex than they need to be. And complexity brings three main challenges, three enormous challenges. The first one is non-performance. At a very basic level, complexity drains your energy and that of your organization. And as we dedicate more and more energy and resources to managing complexity, there are less available energy and resources for what really matters. That leads to non-performance, i.e. performance that is below its potential. Non-performance is by itself unacceptable, but even if you manage somehow to survive in such a state, it makes you weaker. Being weak reduces your ability to withstand shocks. Think, um, Think the immune system, right? Hence the second challenge, fragility, with a high propensity to collapsing. This is often overlooked. Complex strategies, organizations, operations, and transformations do collapse. Complex governance and management do collapse. Nearly all complex models collapse more often than you predict, and also when you most need them to perform. So that would be the second big challenge. The third main challenge is blindness, which for me, I think is the most important. 
um, blindness to the complexity we create ourselves and continue to encourage and feed. Um, we tend to surrender and accept complexity as inevitable. We let it invade our lives to epic proportions. We adapt to living with it and all its harmful consequences, continuing to believe we can manage it only to invest more and more energy to no avail. So in essence, complexity renders organizations and leaders non-performing and weak, fragile and prone to collapse, with a widespread blindness to identifying the real culprit and doing something about it. I call that the complexity trap. And most of us live in it. Not a very pretty picture. That's why I think a major reset is way, way overdue. So as we start to think about those major challenges brought by complexity, how, how do we start to get at, I guess, some of the root causes? So I'd be curious to get some of your thoughts about how we start to address these major organizational challenges. I think we need to be specific when we tell to people to be aware. So let me reiterate first that complexity is primarily created by us. That's extremely important. So solving the complexity problem will not be achieved with a better complexity management framework or a better simplification framework. I think, you know, um, solving the complexity problem will only be achieved with a radical mindset shift for leaders in their day-to-day -day decisions and actions. So to your question, how do we begin addressing the complexity trap problem? The answer is becoming aware of its main causes, which are three in my opinions. That's why the causes are important. So the first cause is what I call complexity fallacy. Read the news, listen to experts, you'll hear how infinitely complex our modern world is. We often react to that belief with additional complexity, complex plans, complex strategies, and complex initiatives. It is a vicious circle, feeding the beast instead of fighting it. But true leaders think and act otherwise. Um, here's what former GE CEO Jack Welch once said. He said, insecure managers create complexity, real leaders do not clutter. That's a very, very powerful thing to remember. So our lesson number one should be, do no harm. Do not add complexity to the world. Let's start by that. The second root cause is what I call the incremental paradox. You see, incremental improvements are generally warranted and justified. However, with each change, we create exponential complexity. And since we proceed with small steps, we don't see the complexity spreading like a disease, trapping us, our teams, and our organizations. Um, imagine you live in a beautiful house with your family. Your family is expanding, so it's time to upgrade the kitchen, then build a study extension, then install a new bathroom, you name it. Then one day, you drive past new homes in your neighborhood, and you start noticing their design. Bigger rooms, better layout, larger garden, Integrated wiring, plumbing, heating, no patched-on solutions, nor overdevelopment. And it occurs to you, these homes are much better than mine, despite all the improvements made across the years. That's the incremental paradox, where a series of otherwise warranted and rational improvements, I insist, they are warranted and rational when you actually make these decisions. Yet, they lead to a complex suboptimal outcome. That's the second root cause. Um, and of course, there's a third one. And the main cause, the third main cause of complexity is about leaders choosing to overly rely on the complex frameworks and models of many experts, internal and external, disseminating them 
most importantly, disseminating them blindly and with little questioning across their organizations. I've seen these, what I call surrendering leaders, when they concede their most important leadership prerogative to the experts around them. You know, just do, you know, what expert X says. You know, let's apply the framework that was, you know, designed by expert Y. In doing so, they resign to merely managing complexity with dramatic consequences on their organizational performance and on their leadership development. What I'm trying to say here is that Experts typically add complexity, not because they want to add complexity, because, you know, they can find the complex solutions. It is up to leaders to find the non-complex solutions. Um, that's what I call the complexity warriors. You mentioned around an infinitely complex modern world. And I'm curious with kind of your two hats of running a data intelligence business and being a subject matter expert on, on organizational simplicity as to how the complexity challenge has evolved in the digital age. Um, and maybe kind of more specifically, does kind of more data and more tools mean more complexity or does that create opportunity for more simplicity? Um, Adam, that is an excellent question. We, it, it's not news that data is now everywhere. It's an integral part of our professional and personal lives. This can be a blessing although most of the time it is a blessing in disguise. The problem with data is that it can rapidly become overwhelming, hindering insight instead of enabling it. You can see the parallel with our earlier discussion on complexity, initially your friend, then rapidly turning to become your enemy. The proper use of data could enable strong innovation, faster decision-making and economic growth, but it can rapidly trap everyone in a notion of complexity, inhibiting development and performance. Um, I'm sure you remember the movie The Mask, where, uh, where an, an ancient mask amplifies the core personality traits of whomever wears it. Um, we can see Jim Carrey perform, becoming a powerful yet gentle monster, whereas you know, other gangsters using the mask become profoundly mean and dangerous. Um, it is the same with data. It will amplify all the negatives of those not adopting the anti-complex mindset. More complexity, more energy drain, non-performance and fragility. But it would also amplify the complexity warrior's ability to leverage its superb potential for higher performance and resilience. Um, I believe the widespread uses of data will accentuate the contrast between true anti-complex leaders and the rest. Um, so if we want to generate tremendous value from the digital economy, we cannot simply create more and more data and with more and more complex methods to manage it. Instead, we need to make organizations data-centric, putting insightful data, not noise, at the center of every decision. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think this kind of insightful data versus noise is the kind of key point here for me. This anti-complex leaders piece, though, I do want to probe a little bit more on because I find this really fascinating. Um, and I'm curious as to, you know, what you think organizations need to do to their culture to reduce complexity. Absolutely. As we have seen, you know, becoming aware of the roots, the root causes of complexity is a very important first step. Um, it opens the door to questioning the status quo in order to uproot complexity from across the organization 
most often through a series of system redesigns, you know, surely not through incremental improvements or complexity management initiatives. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do so. Um, E.F. Schumacher once said, any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Um, not an easy journey, but a really worthy journey. And on such a journey of making the organization anti-complex, I suggest leaders adopt and use you know, the three very effective weapons you talked about. I'm going to talk about two of them today. They are ideas that could be controversial to many. Um, the first idea is linked to the economies of scale, uh, which simply put is about doing things more efficiently with increasing size. However, the question is, do we apply this concept properly? And is bigger always better? And what I've found is the answer to both questions is most of the time, no. Um, we forget that scale often generates enormous complexity and our thinking models frequently make the systemic error of not properly factoring in the cost and negative impact of such complexity. That is why in reality, the supposed scale effects rapidly vanish way faster than we think. So we have, you know, this, everybody talks about the economies of scale mantra, which is true, but rapidly, rapidly, it gets, you know, overwhelmed by the complexity it creates itself. So what, I'm, what I advise leaders is to um, what I call the economies of small, which is reversing the bigger is better default position and believing that smaller non-complex systems have an inherent advantage most of the time until proven otherwise. So that's, you know, start small and then figure out if really, really you need scale. That's the first weapon. Sometimes it's controversial, but it works most of the time. Um, the second idea is, you know, related to focus, as you mentioned. We are all familiar with diversification as a way to optimize performance. Um, indeed, some argue it allows you to reduce risks. Some, other, some others argue it allows you to pursue many opportunities and hence not miss out. Um, I really suggest that we drop that belief seriously. Um, because, you know, when we, are, when we set up to achieve something, you know, something like don't put all your eggs in one basket is not a good advice. Why? Because resources are finite. Money, attention, energy, we only have limited amounts. And diversification also builds exponential complexity in trying to juggle the multiple options available, most of the time leading you to non-performance. Um, I would suggest people read, um, you know, there is a massive body of work in support of concentration. You will find very little uh, arguments supporting diversification in, as a general rule. Um, and anti-complex is fully aligned with that position. I call it the advantage of focus, you know. Make sure you focus, you know, let go of the things that are um, not important and letting go, meaning letting go of things that could be attractive. And that's the most difficult thing in order to focus on one or two things that, that really matter. Super interesting. And it, and it goes back to some of the kind of basic psychology and human needs that we have and, you know, scarcity and, and the fear of missing out, FOMO. And, and now we're talking to leaders about JOMO, which is the joy of missing out and actually being yeah. okay with stepping away from an idea, a product, a strategy, a process, a meeting, etc. Um, 
So to continue that, just as we kind of wrap up our time together today, um, I'd be curious as to which specific leadership capabilities you think will be most important for general success, actually, over the next three to five years. It will come with no surprise that, in my view, the most important leadership goal is to ensure that your team, tribe, organization, ecosystem, society are not trapped in complexity and do not endlessly endure its damaging effects on organizational performance, but also on their own engagement and well-being. For me, that's, that's number one. Because leading them on anti-complex perspectives is the most transformative and the most generally caring leadership act you can accomplish. You know, otherwise, how can you ask people to follow you and offer their minds and souls and times and skills and creativity? How can you ask people to commit to the vision you are advocating knowing very well that they will be constantly fighting, consciously or unconsciously, by choice or by surrender, irrelevant and painful complexity battles along the way. How can you lead people into the complexity trap, depleting their most valuable resources to little avail? Well, my view is that you shouldn't. Um, Because the, the most critical leadership capability is becoming a complexity warrior. Um, you cannot be the leader you want to be if you do not put the battle against complexity as your primary objective, period. I mean, that's a very short answer from my side. To illustrate that, I want to advise also all leaders not to fall for what I call the descriptive leadership frameworks that may be positioned implicitly or implicitly as prescriptive leadership tools, namely do this or that, and you will be a great leader. Um, Why? Because the truth is successful leaders display a wide variety of leadership characteristics. And we find successful leaders at the opposite ends of any leadership dimension you pick and anything in between. Let me give some examples. Some great leaders are charismatic. Others are low-key. Some are outspoken. Others are soft-spoken. Some are creative. Others are less original. Some are more EQ than IQ, others are more IQ than EQ, and it goes on. What I'm trying to say is that you can take these characteristics, use them as descriptive, and you know, think about what actually is good for you, for your style. But the only prescriptive leadership characteristic is anti-complex. You know, be the complexity warrior we talked about, you know, use the weapons we talked about, Make sure you take your team, your organization on a non-complex path. Um, That's the only thing we need you to focus on. I love the simplicity of that that message and wholeheartedly agree uh, that the notion of a complexity warrior, I think, is very action-orientated and and, and creates clarity about what's expected um, from leaders. So, Rem, we're at the end of our time together today. I, I really appreciate you making the time to come and share some of your insights from your experience and and the new book. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much, Adam. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.